you have been called by God for such a time as this. And so I want you to go with me to the book of Judges. The book of Judges. And it's interesting when you read the book of Judges, it's good to understand the context of that book. When you look at the Bible, the Bible deals, the Bible is, is, it encompasses seven dispensations. You had the dispensation of innocence. You had the dispensation of conscience. You had the dispensation of human government. You had the dispensation of law. You have the dispensation of grace. And you have the dispensation, well, we're in the grace. And then you have the dispensation of the millennial reign of Christ. So throughout the scripture, there are seven dispensations. The book of Judges is written in a dispensation of human government. This is right after God no longer was dealing with his people through kings. But now God is working with his people through judges. And the reason why there's a shift from a monarchical structure to more of a, ju a, a judicial is because the people of Israel, they're going through oppression. They're going through persecution. As a nation, they're being conquered. And so there's no king to be king over Israel. So now they have judges in the process. And so it is in the book of Judges that we're going to highlight one of the judges of the Bible who is dealing with the people of Israel in a difficult moment in their history. To be an Israelite in the monarchical period was a blessing. To be an Israelite under King David, that was a blessing. To be an Israelite under King Solomon, that was a blessing. But to be an Israelite in the time of the judges was a challenging time. And it is in those moments, I don't know about you, but I, I wish God would call us in the greatest moments of our lives. Wouldn't that be awesome? But sometimes God calls some of us in the worst moments in history. Sometimes God, God calls us in a time where things don't look that good. And it is in one of the most difficult times in the nation of Israel that God called this man we're going to talk about today. And so Judges chapter 6, verses 11 through 24, the Bible reads in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to read on all these verses. I just want to give you context. It says, the angel of the Lord came and sat down under an oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash, the Abirazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. <laughs> Look what he says. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us to the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength 
you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Here comes another question. Pardon me, Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manassas. And I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all of the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, Jesus, he, he talks too much, right? If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until then. So Gideon went inside, prepared a young goat. And from the ephah of flour, he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in the basket and its broth in the pot. He brought them out and offered them oak. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat of the unleavened bread, place it on this rock, and pour out the broth. Pour out the broth. We're starving to death. He told me, throw away the food. And Gideon did so. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread with the tip of the staff that was in his hand. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Alas, sovereign Lord. I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, and he called it, the Lord is peace. To this day, it stands in Ophrah of the Abirazites. Church, I want you to muster the strength and look at your neighbor and tell him, you have been called. Come on, tell them. You have been called. I want you to look at the person six feet away from you to your left and tell them, you have been called. You've been called. Maybe not in the best of times. Maybe not in the most pleasant of times. But you've been called. And I believe that this sermon is in alignment with where the Lord is taking us as a church throughout the journey of 2020. There is no coincidence that the theme for this year is propel. Which, by the way, propel is an action word, is an aggressive word. It's a word of movement. Yet it seems as if we have been immobile these past three months and change. It sounds, it looks practically like a contradiction. I thought God told Nuber who's going to propel. We haven't been propelling the past three months. Was that a fleshy word? Was that a vision of the flesh? I'm going to tell you today, church, that God is going to shift us towards bigger, greater, and stronger things. If you believe that, can you say amen to that? So I want to encourage you, and I want to ask you, are you ready for everything the Lord has for us? Because if you are, I'm going to use this man by the name of Gideon as a model for us to see how God can use you even in your worst circumstances. How God can use you even in the most deprimentive situations you might find yourself in, in the midst of all calamity. Let me tell you something. God is an expert. 
and using you and I in our worst moments. And of all the people God could have chosen to deliver the people of Israel who for seven years were living in caves. For seven years they were hiding. For seven years the Midianites had control over the Israelites and every time they were, they were planting crops they were destroyed. It was, it, was a, it was a destruction. It was a fear. There was so much calamity and in the midst of all that for seven years God decides to choose a man by the name of Gideon. And Gideon, Gideon was a man of contrast. Gideon was a man of contradiction. Because on the one hand, God calls Gideon to deliver a people. And he uses him when he's at his most, most fearful moment in his life. I understand God calling you when you're at your apex. I understand God giving you a word. I'm going to use you to bring victory. And you're fighting giants and killing Goliath and fighting and fighting and winning and winning. But this guy is hiding in a cave afraid. And in the middle of a sphere, God tells Gideon, hey, Gideon, I'm going to use you for big things. He was filled with doubts. He was filled with fear. He was overwhelmed by doubt to the point that when God speaks to Gideon, Gideon only responds to God asking questions. Not only that, but then his name is a contradiction. Because Gideon, the definition of Gideon is a great warrior. But when God calls Gideon, Gideon is hiding inside of a cave, afraid, fearful. Send me church. He was a man who questioned God's plan. As, listen, from the moment God calls Gideon, hey, Gideon, I'm going to use you, he's got a bunch of questions. Instead of saying, yes, Lord, here am I. Where are we going? Let's get ready. Let's head up. No, 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 no. The, he's in the presence of the Lord, and all he does is asks questions. Sometimes we have the idea that when God speaks to us, all we have to do is says to say a amen, yes, Lord, whatever you want. But let me tell you, Gideon's questions does not determine his level of spirituality. His inquisitive spirit is directly connected to his desire to know God's will for his life. Because sometimes in life, we go through circumstances and situations and crisis and it is necessary, listen to me, it's necessary to respond to God with questions instead of an amen. When you look at the book of Job, the book of Job is a book primarily about questions. Job asks, I don't know how many, how many questions he asks the Lord. And why this? And why that? And why my friends? And why calamity? And why this? And where were you? And where were you? And why am I going to? He asked a bunch of questions. Yet the Bible says he was righteous, perfect, separated, holy man. So his position in Christ has none. Listen, his questions were not related to his doubt in God. His questions had everything to do with his present circumstances at the moment he was going through what he was going through. When you read the book of Habakkuk. 
Habakkuk has three chapters. Three chapters. And Habakkuk spends 70% of what he writes questioning God. Questioning God. And God, how long before you have mercy upon us? How long? He says, listen, listen, if, if I'm Habakkuk and I know that, that I get the privilege to write my book in the Bible. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? If, if God would have told you, hey, listen, uh, Pepe, you, uh, you, uh, I'm going to inspire you to write the book of Pepe. And the book of <laughs> and the book of Pepe is going to have three chapters. And the entire world, after you're gone, they're going to read the book of Pepe, three chapters. You think I'm going to spend 70% of my writing complaining? Complaining? No. If, if, if Habakkuk knew that his writing was going to be in the Bible today, I promise you he would not have written everything he wrote. Because it makes him look like he's weak. It makes him look like he's doubtful. It makes him look like he doesn't believe in God. And this is a prophet asking all those questions. So by the time you get to the end of chapter 1, God tells Habakkuk, the Lord is in his temple Shut up before him, the whole earth, as if to say, Habakkuk, you're missing the point. I am in the temple. I am the Lord. I am God. And in the midst of your calamity, just focus on the God who is calling you. Gideon has a bunch of questions. When you hear his questions and you try to align it to his name, it doesn't make sense. Because great warriors, yes, let's go do it. But he, this great warriors, Lord, but I don't know. Are you sure? But my people are struggling. And God is telling him, but I'm going to use you. And he's got a million and one questions. Why? Because of the time he's in. So not only is he hiding in caves, not only is he afraid, not only he is intimidated, but this is the judge of Israel. This is the representation of God's people hiding in a cave. Gideon was called to be a judge during an intense season in the people of Israelite, of Israel because of the Midianite oppression. Listen to me, church. Their condition was summed up in this phrase that the Bible says. The Bible says that they were impoverished in great manner. And this word literally means that they were at the end of their rope. At the end of their rope. And at the end of their rope, church, the people of Israel felt as if their nation was being destroyed and their lives were being dismantled, church. But I'm here to tell you that God always has a message for you when things look like it's about to break and capitulate. I'm here to tell you, God knows how to show up just in the nick of time. God knows how to show up when it looks like you're at the end of your rope. God will show up and tell you, you're a mighty soldier. You're a mighty, a, a valiant warrior. And you might look at your circumstances. How in the world am I courageous when I'm hiding in a cave? Oh, because when God looks at you, he doesn't see you where you are today. Day. He sees you where you will be tomorrow. Listen to me. Verses 7 through 10. God sent him a prophet to remind him that their lives was going to shift to the glory of God. Not only God gave him a message, but God himself shows up to deliver that message. Listen to me, church. 
And God chose a scaredy cat, a fearful man living in caves to deliver God's people from bondage. So I want to share a few insights from this text as we begin to, to study a little bit on the life of Gideon. But to do that, I want, I want to first talk about Gideon's circumstances. What were Gideon's circumstances when God called him? Look what the Bible says in verse 11. The angel of the Lord came and sat under an oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it, to protect it, to hide it from the Midianites. What is this verse telling us? This verse is revealing even more on the conditions of Israel at the time. They were hiding. They were afraid. Because the Bible says that the Midianites, they were like locusts. Every time they would plant, the Midianites would take their crop. Every time they would, they would try to work, they will destroy their homes, their cattle. They destroyed everything as if to say, we don't want you to progress. We don't want you to excel. We want to keep our mighty hand over you and keep you subservient of us. So they started hiding in caves and trying to grow crops. It was a difficult time in the people of Israel. These were the circumstances that God used to call Gideon. Let me ask you a question. How bad is your circumstance? Some of us, we don't want God to use us or we don't make ourselves available to be used by God because we're saying, I'm not ready. When things get right... When I finish this, when I finish that, when I finish my career, when I finish this drama I'm in, then I went, no, no, no. But in the middle of Gideon's worst drama, in the middle of Israel's worst situation for seven years of crisis and crisis and crisis and crisis, God came with a word to transform his environment. Listen, I'm here to tell you that God is not going to wait for you to be in green pastures to give you a word. I'm here to tell you that God is not going to wait for everything to get resolved to open the door for you to walk through. He's going to open the door in the middle of your cave. He's going to open the door in the middle of your crisis. And all you need to do is be responsive to the word of the Lord who is calling you by name. He's telling you, you're a warrior. And you're saying, but I can't do it. He's telling you, you can overcome. And you say, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm here to tell you, whose report do you believe? I choose to believe the report of the Lord, church. That was his circumstance. His circumstance was, he was living in a time of poverty. Poverty. God took them out of Egypt to give them the land that flows milk and honey. But Judges chapter 6 and 7 Poverty. We know that Israel did not have a lot during these dark, desperate days. Look what the Bible says, verses 4 through 6. It says, they camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkey. Now, when you read these, these phrases here, we tend to bypass it. But it says... He didn't stay, the, the, the Midianites did not even spare sheep. Now understand the value of a sheep. One of the ways that the Israelites would worship was sacrificing sheep. So what is the Bible telling us? They took away their sheep. They couldn't sacrifice to God. They took away their sheep. They took away their worship. Listen to me. They took their sheep. They took their cattle. 
they took their donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count the people of the Midianites or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. It got so bad that the only thing the Israelites could do was cry out to God. I'm here to tell you your circumstances might not get better. It might get worse. Your crisis in your marriage might not get better. It might get worse. Your financial situation might not get better. It might get worse. But what you got to do when you're at the bottom of your rope, what you got to do when things get at its worst, at its lowest, instead of complaining, Cry unto God and lift up your voice to the God that can do a miracle even in your worst circumstances, church. It was a time of poverty. Second thing was, it was a time of persecution. Gideon was hiding while working with the crops because he knew that the Midianites would take literally everything. Every small amount of grain he had, he would take. So he was living in fear, hiding being persecuted. Gideon and his people were suffering under the last of intense persecution. And it was in that condition, under those circumstances, that the angel of the Lord calls Gideon. It was under those circumstances that the angel of the Lord showed up and said, Gideon, thou valiant man, courageous man, in a time of poverty, in a time of persecution, in a time powerlessness. It was a time of powerlessness. This was a time in the people of Israel where they had no power. They had no authority. When they came out of Egypt, slaves walking through the Red Sea and marching on the other side and God gave them victory. Oh, they came out in power. But in this scenario, they have no power. Gideon is hiding from his enemy. He is just as defeated and just as frightened as the rest of the nation. It was a difficult time, church. God's people. Like Israel, some of us in this room at the sound of my voice are you watching me online. Some of you guys are going through difficult times. Some of us are living in days where economic uncertainty has many people fearing that they will be forced into poverty. Many people's lives are living in fear that their relationships may not prosper. Some of you are living in fear that your situation may not turn around. Consequently, people are living in the days where it seems that there's little spiritual power on the world. But I'm here to tell you, church, just because we're going through what we're going through does not mean the church has lost its power. Those were his circumstances. Let me talk to you about Gideon's commission. In the middle of his circumstances, he is commissioned by God. While Gideon is hiding from the enemy, listen, church, the Lord knew exactly where he was. Listen to me, church. The Bible says that the angel of the Lord appeared unto him. Now this, when you, when you read and it says the angel of the Lord. Angel of the Lord literally comes from this expression called theophany. Theo, referring to God. Fanny, or phany, manifestation in different form. 
as if to say theophany is when God manifested himself through Jesus in the Old Testament. We all know that Jesus didn't come up until the New Testament, but God in this instance of Gideon, God decided to sneak himself in the pages of the Old Testament and he snuck in in the book of Gideon and he showed Gideon who was not supposed to show up till he was born in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, but he shows up in the Old Testament and he lets Gideon know, I want you to know I'm not supposed to be here right now. I'm not supposed to come to thousands of years later, but I'm going to manifest myself right now in the middle of your oppression, in the middle of your cave, and I'm here to tell you right now that I come with a message, and the message is that your cave is not going to be your final destination. Get up out of here, because victory is coming your way. When the Lord speaks to Gideon, he speaks hope and assurance. Listen to me, church. The Midianites did not know where Gideon, Gideon was hiding. Had, if the Midianites would know where Gideon was hiding, they would have killed him. Because he's the judge. He's the leader. And what happens when you kill the leader? The people scatter. So Gideon was hiding. Midianites didn't know where he was. But the Lord knew where he was. And I want you to know, church, that the Lord knows exactly where you're at. He knows what cave you're hiding in right now. You're hiding in a cave. Perhaps your cave is a cave of the, the cave of depression. And nobody knows you're hiding in that cave, but the Lord is walking in your cave right now. You might be hiding in the cave of low self-esteem, and nobody knows you have issues and inferiority complexes, and you try to fake it till you make it, but the Lord is walking in your cave, amen, of low self-esteem. Right now, the Lord is walking in your cave of financial crisis. Perhaps he's walking in your cave of marital conflict. Perhaps he's walking in your cave of insecurity. Perhaps you don't know what your next day is going to look like, and you're there in that fear, dark cave and I'm here to tell you today that just like he did to Gideon he walked right in the middle of his cave and he called them not in not from outside the cave he went in his cave he went in his fearful moment I'm here to tell you the Lord is standing right in the middle of your cave and it don't matter how it looks and it don't matter how you feel and it don't matter what they said the word of the Lord is greater than your environment and there's a word for you today church This is what he tells him. Before he calls him to deliver God's people, the first thing God tells him is, the Lord is with thee. Time out. How, how could the Lord be with me if I'm, hitting, if I'm hiding in the cave? How could the Lord be with me if I'm fearful for my life? How could the Lord be with me if everything I do doesn't prosper? How could the Lord be with me? And every time I try to sow a plant and sow crop and sow wheat, they come and they take it. How, if the Lord is with me, I'm supposed to be blessed. If the Lord is with me, I'm not supposed to struggle. If the Lord is with me, I'm not supposed to be. Who told you that? Who said that you're not going to go through situations? God said, God never promised you won't go through things. What he promised was, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you and I will be with you always until the end. Though the Midianites did not know where he was hiding, God knew where he was hiding. God had his eye on Gideon the entire time. And even when Gideon was unaware of it, God was aware of him, watching him and planning for his future. Listen to me, church. That has got to be our comfort right now as well. We have the same promise that he promised he will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is with you, church, 
in every situation. Listen to me, church. He is with you in every circumstance, through every valley, through every mountain, through every valley, through every cave. He is with you. And this is why the angel of the Lord, before he tells him, I'm going to use you to live with God's people, the first thing he tells him is, the Lord is with you. Because how many know that you can do greater things just knowing God is with you? All you need is the name of the Lord to have victory. You might not have crops. You might not have money. You might not have this. You might not have that. But if you got the name of Jesus, Gideon couldn't see it, nor could he sense it. And he sure didn't look like he knew anything about it. But he was about to be used by the Lord in a supernatural way. I'm here to tell you that some of y'all in the middle of this crisis, you're about to be used by God like you can't even fathom. Some of you guys have been going through what you've been going through. I'm here to tell you, get ready because God is showing up in your circumstance. And he's about to use you like you never thought he was going to use you to the glory of his name. He's about to do it. The other thing is, I want to talk about is God's perception. The Lord says something that's truly amazing. He looks at Gideon, he calls him a mighty man of valor. When he was living in fear, he was a man who was so afraid of his enemies that he opted to hide inside of caves. He was full of fear, but the Lord saw that Gideon was greater than his fears. God intended to take Gideon and use him in a great way. Listen, sometimes we want God to use us great, but we don't want to go through great problems. God, can you use me mightily? Guy, to use you mightily, you got to go through mighty situations. And what does God do? He takes Gideon in the worst moments of a nation. He calls him to be a judge in the worst time of Israel. And while he's hiding and afraid for his life, he tells him, Gideon, you are not what you say you are. You are who I say you are. You are not who you say. Who, who you say you are is the reason why you're hiding in the cave. Who you say you are is the reason why you're afraid. But who I say you are, you're a valiant, courageous man. So I come to affirm you today that you are not who you say you are. You are who the Father says you are. And walk in the power of what he has called you to be, church. I'm here to tell you that when God sees you, he don't see what you see when you see you. So many sees, right? When God sees you, he does not see what you see when you see you. So what does God see? He sees potential. He sees miracles. When God looked at David, he saw something completely different. When Jesse, the father of David, saw David, he saw the youngest boy. He saw a little shepherd. He saw a mere boy who was not worthy to eat at the table with the prophet Samuel. Oh, but when God saw David, he saw the next king over Israel. Send me church. When Gideon's family looked at Gideon, they saw this weakling guy hiding in a cave. But when God saw Gideon, he saw a valiant soldier. 
that with 300 men, listen to me, with 300 men, he had an army. Gideon had a whole army, thousands and thousands and thousands of soldiers. And God told him, no, 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 no. I don't want you to fight with all those soldiers. I want you to reduce the troops to 300 men. And with 300 men. And then when they were ready to fight, 300 men, he said, no, 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 listen. Put your sword away, and I want you to have a trumpet in your hand and a fire in your other hand, lantern. And with flames and with a trumpet, they defeated the enemies of Israel. I'm here to tell you, church, and I'm here to encourage you that it doesn't matter how bad you feel things may be. God can use fire and God can use a trumpet to give you your greatest victory because it's not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Listen to me, church. The best thing you could ever do is take your life with all of its problems and all of its failures and all of its shortcomings and place it all in the hands of the Lord. Because your life in the hands of the Lord, listen, God is able to take us like we are and transform us into something powerful and amazing by the power of his purpose for us. So I want to encourage you today and remind you that you are called Perhaps not in, your, not, in your best time, not in your best days. But he's calling you today by name. Perhaps your family is not the way you think it ought to be, but he's calling you today. Perhaps your resources aren't the best, but he's calling you today. Perhaps your, your economic situation contradicts what God is saying, but he's calling you today. Perhaps the sickness in your body does not align itself with what God is saying, but God is not afraid by your pockets. He's not afraid by your lack. He's not afraid by your body. He is determined by his purpose over your life. So Today he calls you Gideon. He calls you a warrior. He calls you a conqueror. So for those of you that are watching online, I want to pray with you. If you need God to remind you that you were not called to live in a cave, listen to me. You were not called to live in a cave. Get out that cave in Jesus' name. And walk out in the power of the God that is calling you. So if you want Jesus today, First thing you got to do is let Jesus come in your cave. Let him come in your mess. Let him come in your fears. Let him come in your uncertainty. Let him come in your doubts and bring him in and say, Lord, I give you my life. I give you my heart. I receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And with your help, I promise to serve you. If you made that prayer, we believe you're born again. And we believe God's had nothing but the best in store for you. So to you, I say, God bless you. God keep you. Find the church. Get connected to the church. And understand that in the middle of your cave, God can use you for his glory in Jesus' name. God bless you. God keep you to the glory of the Father.